Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brian O'Halloran here. You might know me for such films as Clerks and More Rats and stuff. Well, I'm in England here right now shooting a movie, and uh, you're listening to the podcast of Mark and Me. That's right. Yeah, it's it really is. It's Brian O'Halloran here, and I'm just messing with you. But you are. You're listening to the Mark and Me podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Mark and Me podcast. Now I must have recorded this intro today 9 or 10 times. For some reason, every time I say 6, I do this stupid high pitch 6, so don't, I don't understand what's going on. But it is episode 6 of the Mark and Me podcast. Now on today's episode, I'm joined by Brian O'Halloran, the man himself, Dante Hicks. And he is actually supposed to be here today, so don't worry, we're going to get the interview and it's all gone to plan. Now before I get into the nitty gritty of today's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank you all again. I know I did it on the last episode, but since then it's been the Anthony Hopkins episode. The response was overwhelming. I've had loads of new followers, lots of new people get in touch saying how much they enjoyed the interview, how down to earth Anthony Hopkins was. And like I said when I did the interview, it was an absolute pleasure to speak to him and he's very, very easy to talk to. So again, thank you all for the support. And I'm really glad you've all tuned in to today to listen to the interview with Brian. Now the reason this interview came around is they've actually been recently filming a brand new movie called Madness in the Method in Derby. Yes, Derby in the UK. Directed by the man himself, Jason Mewes, alongside Dominic Burns, I was able to visit the set of this movie and, well, I'm not going to ruin anything for anyone out there, but you're all in for an absolute treat. It looks fantastic. It's got an amazing cast. You've got Stan Lee making a cameo. You've got Jason himself in the lead role. There's Vinnie Jones. There's there's loads more, but I've, I'm sworn to secrecy. I'm not going to reveal anything, and I don't want Dominic coming and kicking my ass if he listens to this interview. So I'm keeping it to <laughs> just that, but stay tuned, because when that film comes out, I'm really, really excited to see the response, because just being on set and seeing it being filmed in front of me was it was just absolute bliss so I sat down with Brian I got to talk all things viewer skew clerks free I got to ask him all about growing up and how he got involved in Kevin Smith films etc so without further ado here is my interview face to face with the man himself Brian O'Halloran so thank you very much for joining me today Brian not at all how are you enjoying your time in the UK I am loving it uh, you know I have family over here and we used to holiday to, in, uh, in Ireland and here uh, in my younger teenage years and uh, I've been back in about 18 years or so so it's nice that I'll be able to visit some family in Birmingham and down to London and down to Hythe in the Kent area so fantastic you've got lots planned yeah so I want to take it back for the listeners right now to your very early days back in 1994 mm. uh, probably your most iconic role right clerks right can you tell me how that all came about? I know you're you friends with Kevin Smith. No, no, I was not. I was one of the few that didn't uh, actually know Kevin beforehand. He was holding auditions in the town next door to where he lived. 
uh, in the Atlantic Highlands at a playhouse called the First Avenue Playhouse, which is still around to this day doing plays. It's a community theater in Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey, and I had been doing community theater out, out of that theater for a previous two and a half, three years prior. And so I remember the, uh, the owners of the theater had made some phone calls around to different actors uh, that worked out of the theater from different shows saying, hey, these guys have rented the theater to hold auditions for a movie that they're casting next month. Um, so I went down there. Uh, I actually forgot about it a month later, and it wasn't until the second day of auditions, the morning of, that the, the owner of the theater called me up saying, Brian, I thought you were coming down to audition. I was like, oh, my God, I totally forgot. Uh, are they still doing it? Yeah, there's another one tonight. I went down there with a monologue. Auditioned. If anyone has the 10-year anniversary edition DVD of Clerks, the Clerks X in the black box, it has on this second DVD of extras all of our auditions at that playhouse. So I auditioned. He liked what I did. I got called back for two callbacks, and uh, he had offered me the role. I had no idea what the role entailed. I didn't know because I was told that when we were auditioning, we were auditioning for extras and uh, day players and stuff. So I was like, cool. Who is he in the, in the film? He's like, oh, well... The film's called Clerks. It's going to be the two clerks. There's a video store clerk and a convenience store clerk. And the one I'd like you to read for is the convenience store clerk. And so that was that. Wow. So you didn't actually ever read a script for Dante going as to play that character. No. You were just wanting to be in the film in some way. Yeah. I've not, I've, I'd never done a film at all at that point in my career. So this was my first feature. I mean, I'd done sketch type stuff with someone's like high eight camera, but that's about it. What was it like when he actually turned around to you and said, I want you to play literally the, the main role in this film? Um, you know what it was? It was uh, shocking because I was told that, hey, I thought there was somebody else yeah. by one of his crew when we were auditioning, I'd asked, and I think it was Vince Pereira, and he said, I said, are there any principal characters? And he was like, yeah, there are six, but we already have them cast. So it was a shock to me that he would move somebody to, to have me play. But the guy wound up in the movie anyway. So there you are, you're in New Jersey, you're filming this film on quite a low budget, at this time not a very established filmmaker. Did you ever, at that point when you're in this convenience store, think this is going to become one of the most cult classic films that people talk about 20, 30 years later? No, not at all. I mean, especially for the time period in which we were shooting in something as, um, I don't know, male-dominated humour kind of vulgarity... I hadn't seen in that level. I mean, you could think Porky's maybe. The movie back then was kind of raunchy. But on this scale, I, I thought it would be something that maybe I would have a VHS copy of that I would show to friends like, oh, look at this film that we made over the, over the spring. Um, so that's about as much as I, I, I had thought about that. But that's, that's showing you my lack of vision for what Kevin had. Kevin and Scott and Dave Klein, they all said, well, we're going to submit it to film festivals and we'll see what we can do with that. And so when it was submitted to the uh, International Feature Film Market, which was a film festival in New York City that no longer exists, and we had one screening. It was on the last day of the festival, which was a Sunday at like 11 a.m. And I think maybe about 15 or 20 people showed up and 12 of which were us from the film. So... And thinking that, wow, no one really came and see it happen. And and then, you know, thank God we had Bob Hawke in the audience. A gentleman, we had no idea who he was. Um, he had seen the film. He had loved it. He started recommending it to people. And then these people started calling Kevin, asking, I'd like to see a copy of this film. And then it went from there to, to then being submitted for Sundance. And then when Sundance accepted it, and it was going to go out there for four screenings. It's a 10-day festival, and I only went out there for the final five days because I couldn't afford 
to stay with them for that long. Uh, so I borrowed money actually from my girlfriend uh, to go out there for the for the flight, and uh, thank God it got picked up, and the rest is kind of history. What do you think it is about Clerks, especially? I mean, I've, I've got a massive love for More Rats. Chase Name is my favorite film. Dogma. There's a something about Clerks, even though it's not the high budget. What is it about Clerks that people love so much? Because to get the the, to get even a cult classic title nowadays is only what some people like Tarantino have done. Right. You know what? I, what is it? It's it's something magic about that film that's so raw, but it just works. You know what it is? The, the real star of that movie, hands down, is the writing. The writing is the star of this film. And so Kevin pretty much just wrote a film that he knew. He was living that life. He worked in that actual convenience store. That was his job. God... God would have known had he not sold the film, he'd be still working there, you know, for five more years trying to pay off that that budget of the film. So, you know what it is? I think it appeals to everybody because everybody at some point in their life has worked some crappy service type of retail job. Or if you haven't, if you've been fortunate enough not to, you've been in some establishment, been treated by some crappy, uh, you know, employees that didn't really care for the job that they were doing. So I think that's its appeal. And the raw conversations, you know, that appeal to the overeducated, underemployed types, everybody feels like that sometimes. Like, I'm way too smart to be working here. God, what am I doing with my life? I I need to change my station in life. There were so many aspects of Kevin's writing about that that touched everybody. There's something that rings true. If it's not one thing, it was something else. And I think that's why it has such great appeal. So obviously since then, I've just mentioned we've had Morats, we've had Chasing Amy. I was quite surprised when I saw the announcement for Clerks 2. I thought, okay, it's not going to be the low budget anymore. Kevin's really took a massive step up. He's now known worldwide. What was it like revisiting that whole part of your life sort of 10 years later, but with colour, with budget, with well-established actors, with Ben Affleck, with all these big names... Well, what was great was, I mean, we Kevin had sprinkled the Randall and Dante character throughout other movies up till then. We were in Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. You know, they're mentioned briefly in, in Chasing Amy and things like that. So, and then we had the cartoon series that we had done for ABC that was really thought we were going to be big with that. But So not being out of step of where these characters were, at least for me and Jeff and, you know, Jay and Kevin... It it was nice to see, like, wow, this is a cool touchback as to where would these guys have been now 10 years later? Would they have still been stuck in that stupid store and stuff? And I thought it was very good of him, the way he wrote it. And for those who haven't seen the movie, I don't want to spoil it, but I thought it was a great way to touch where these characters are now. And, um, and it's interesting, you know, because he's written a script for Clerks 3, which we got, like, almost a year and a half now ago. And uh, it's interesting... Only a few of us have read it, myself, Jay, and a few others, to see where those characters would go next. And I think the in, in the core of Kevin's being, those four characters will always be the four centrist characters that he will always forever love to touch upon to see where they're at. Yeah, and like, I've heard that, I've, um, it's early days, you know more than me, but I've heard that the new film is bringing out Moose Jaws. Right. The follow-up to Yoga Hoses will have Jay and Silent Bob in it for the first time in years. Yeah, I think that's what I heard as well. And um, it'll be nice to see them in the Canadian trilogy, So, uh, as he's calling it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, you know, it's amazing. I just recently, while I was here, uh, Train Spotting 2 had opened. And I remember sitting there. Now, that came out just a year or two after we came out with Clerks. And it's a fantastic movie. I'm a, I'm a big Boyle fan. And seeing that and see how they spread over 20 years where those characters were, it was very touching to me because as an actor in a series that's beloved as well, um, seeing someone span it and do it well, or at least I thought it was done well, um, kind of really touched me on a very different level than the average moviegoer. So I, I think when it's done right, when things are written right, you can really, really attach those things and, and get it done right. How was Train Spotting 2? I loved it. Yeah? I, I thought, you know, when I, after I saw Train Spotting 2, I tweeted out, you know, I just got to see Train Spotting 2 because in the States it doesn't come out until April. Oh, nice. So all my friends were like, oh, you, how, would you, how is this possible? Um, and, I, and I thought, I tweeted out that it was brilliant. I thought all the, all the performances are right on point for where these characters would be. I thought the writing was very clever on how everybody has matured or not matured over the 20 years. And Danny Boyle's uh, filming and cinematography, as always, was uh, right on point. So you just then touched upon Clerks 3. Now, I've, I went to a Q&A recently. I was speaking to Kevin. It sounds like it is definitely going to happen. In his opinion, it's just a matter of when. It's not, you know, it's, it's hopefully just when the time's right. Yeah, there's been some logistics. We were supposed to do it a year and a half ago, and we ran into some logistics. Out of that logistics and actual uh, scouting for locations came the opportunity to do a Mallrats TV series. We had found, there was a, There's a scene in Clerks 3 that takes place at the mall, and Kevin's like, this would be a great mall to do Mallrats like sequel. So he was going to write a straight-up just sequel to the film, and then Universal stepped in and were like, well, we don't want it there to be a sequel to that. And So then I think he's in negotiations of making it into a TV show, which is still up in the air. But as of right now, that script sits in my safe as we speak, and I, I can't wait to work on that film. It, I, I try to relate it to fans as imagine buying someone their Christmas gift in February <laughs> and you just can't wait to see their reaction because like this is the best gift ever I can't wait till they see it in December and you still have all those like nine months to wait <laughs> nine that's, that's months of, of torture because, pain and where people are always asking you oh what did you buy so and so for Christmas and you're just like oh I totally want to tell you but you're going to blab it to her so I'm not going to say it you know and that's a, plus you know signing a three million dollar penalty in a non-disclosure is not a uh, is not a reason to blow it either because I always joke I say well you know what I'll tell you the entire script for four million dollars so three million to pay the penalty plus the million dollars since I'm never going to be able to work in film again is there one small slight hint or something you can say about Clerks Free that will just juice them up and leave them dangling well look Kevin has been when we were gearing up to do it before we had did some logistics a year ago a year and a half ago was saying like. He was mentioning that this was the, this was going to be Randall's story, like it was very Randall heavy, and apparently his love interest was going to be now broached. Yeah, and uh, knowing what the what what the storyline is of his love interest in, it's hilarious and very touching at the same time. And uh, I think that's something that I think the fans will enjoy. Kevin uh, Kevin also talked about that it's very Comic Con family friendly kind of stuff that's going on too that I think fans will enjoy, especially. Putting the Jay, Bob, and you know the Dante and Randall characters in because as you last re- left off with Clerks Two, we had bought the store. Uh, Becky had become pregnant with my hideous love child, and uh, we'll go from there. Oh man, I'm just seeing now Randall like babysitting mm. or something like this. It's yeah, just... it's like it's like two men and a baby or whatever. 
So we're obviously sat here right now in Derby, of all places in the UK, very different to New Jersey and mm. everywhere else. We're here for... Very rainy. Very. So very we, rainy. We, we, we can never promise you sun over here, I'm afraid. Nope. Madness in the Method, your mm. latest film, that's why we're here. How did this come about? Obviously your friends with Jay, he's directing it. Is, is that the, the tie or is there... Oh, that's absolutely the tie. I mean, we do a lot of appearances at Comic Cons and, and different kind of events. Uh, Q&A's and stuff and screenings of Clerks and he had approached me I think I was in Florida Pensacola actually he had approached me there saying hey man I'm working on this script I think it's very funny we're still writing it but I'll give you the outline he gave me the basic outline of what the story was about and I totally want you to be involved do you think you'd be up for it and he gave me a a roundabout date in which they'd want to be shooting and at the time it was going to be in in LA for me and I was like "All right, yeah let me know they sent over the uh the script. I was traveling myself on different projects at the time, so I didn't get back to him immediately, which made him nervous, thinking I didn't like it. I'm like, oh no, no. He emailed me going like, hey bro, they want to know if you're in because you know we're we're finishing up casting. And I was, oh no, dude, I'm totally in. I'm totally in. And what happened was I had a conflict of travel. I was traveling in Australia and New Zealand when they were going to shoot some of the stuff out in LA, so I couldn't do that shoot timeline. And he's like, well, what about January or February in England? Now, I have, like I said earlier, I had family here. So I was like, great, yeah, absolutely. I was free during this time of the year. I'll, I'll be able to like, extend my flight stay here and stay with family after I, w- I would wrap up, which is actually tonight, and, um, and get down and do it. And so being here has been a lot of fun. Uh, it's great working with this. The crew has been phenomenal. Dominic and Mark and all these guys have really put together a really great crew and uh, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun jay you know jay's been having a lot of fun throwing on the the cockney accent and proper english accent and governor and stuff like that it's it's very funny um and it's at the same time it's awesome to finally see him you know i've known this dude now for 23 years 24 years almost and seeing his high his lowest lows to his highest highs now and to see him in this amazing position to have now producing and directing his own film has been really kind of cool. I, I'm really privileged to be a part of it. And that that's the main thing, isn't it, really? A lot of people have been in positions that he's been in, dark times, bad places, mm. and it's been like a downward spiral. Mm. It's very rare that 10, 12 years later, you're seeing a guy go higher and higher mm-hmm. and be successful and be a father and... And it's it's husband, so refreshing. A husband, a it's a husband to a wonderful wife. Exactly. And who it's works, like who works with Kevin is now a producer with Kevin and stuff. And it's, it's like a awesome. movie in itself. It is. It's a it's a rise of the phoenix. You know what I mean? From those ashes. From you know, because I was I was there for a lot of it. Sometimes. I mean, I remember when we worked on the Clerks the cartoon. Uh, we actually literally checked him out of rehab. You know, to get him to the studio to record the the audio for the cartoon. You know, and he was still doing methadone at the time to keep himself managed and stuff. And everybody took turns keeping an eye on him to make sure that he wouldn't relapse. And uh, and to know those days and to see him now, it's just, I'm very, like I said, I'm very blessed. And he's even more blessed to that, that it's come to this. So now he's behind the camera mm-hmm. instead of in front of it. And he's telling you what to do or he's giving you directions. And it must be surreal. It must be one of those moments where you step back and think... This is not a dream. It is. It is surreal in that sense. What, but also, though, the benefit of knowing him for as long as we are, we don't literally like five, six words or sentences are exchanged 
I know exactly what he wants, and he knows exactly what I'm going to do. So he'd be like, bro, let's da-da-da-da-da. And I'd be like, oh, all right, you mean like such and such? Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. And I'll throw suggestions back at him, and we'll have a big laugh. And, and that's what's great with working with him. That's how you are with him, even when we're just co-stars in one of Kevin's films. He's always very, like, he wants to change it up, and he wants to add to it and make it better. And, and now that he has, he's in that position, like, this is what I want in my movie. And you, you run with it. it. It's really been cool. And uh, I enjoy working with him all the time, whether, whether he's the director or not. Being around him is always fun. Talking about the future, so we just talked upon, obviously, hopefully a Morat series, which you might be involved in. Mm. I'm sure there's cameos and stuff that Kevin normally does. We've got Clerks Free. I follow you on your Instagram and your Twitter, and I, hand on heart, think it's amazing how much you do for your fans. You are out there, you are at all these different cons, Comic Book Men has exploded. Mm. I'm seeing you and Ming doing panels and mm. signings. How is it now being... Let's be honest, Dante going on the road and meeting those fans that absolutely love you and adore you. You know, I enjoy doing the Comic Cons because there are obviously other guests that come to these cons. And I'm, I'm a huge nerd to begin with as well. So I'm a fanboy of other guests there as well. So I, I get the, because I get that question a lot. Like, do you find it like overwhelming or do you get tired of it and stuff like that? I really don't. You know what I mean? Not everybody that I've met knows these stories that you hear and, and want to have the, the freedom to ask questions what they want to ask. And I'm able to reunite with great friends. I'm on the road a lot. And me and Jay will be back together again in uh, Raleigh for Raleigh Supercon in, in uh, the Carolinas. We'll be down at Florida Supercon. We're doing a bunch of others. Me, Marilyn Gigliotti from the original Clerks, uh, we're going to be going down to Australia for wow. uh, two shows. Uh, going one, down under. Yeah, I was there in October. I did Melbourne in October, and then we went over to Auckland, New Zealand. It was just me. And then uh, and Jay did Adelaide, like in November of last year. Now this this coming, I think it's March into April. I'll be going to Adelaide uh, with uh, Marilyn Gigliotti, and then we're going over to Perth. So that's two you know two weekends there. Um, and those are it's great because a it allows me to travel. I love traveling, and b I get to hear the opinions from people from all over the world what they think because sometimes you think does it does the New Jersey male-dominated humor that we are kind of resonate and it and it does and it's been really cool seeing that and um and i love you know traveling and and the food and stuff and, and meeting the fans i'm always big game of doing anything i do sometimes i'll host a karaoke party at these things or sometimes i'll do my stand-up at some of these events when i host my q a's it's been kind of cool I recently got to host a, a celebrity roast of uh, Stan Lee, which wow. was incredibly cool and fun. That was over New Year's Eve, and uh, that was like a two-hour roast to him. And he's an amazing man who also makes a cameo in uh, Madness as well. So uh, you're going to see a lot, of, a lot of great cameos here in, in uh, Jay's film, which is great because, you know, from when I talked to Dominic, the, the, the co-director and uh, the producers, they were saying pretty much... 80% or 90% of the people they asked to be part of Jay's film, they all said, yeah, because Jay is so lovable to be a part of. So it must feel like, it doesn't even feel like work, I doubt, and being yeah. on fresh set with your friends. I say it all the time. Yeah. I say, I'm, I'm so blessed that I not only get to have fun with my friends and I love what I do, but I actually get paid to do it as well. It's just, it's a, it's a triple blessing. I'm jealous. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy and have a great wrap-up tonight. The final bit of the shoot goes perfectly. You have good times with your family in England. We see you again in Clerks Free. We see you in Morats. We see you in 
maybe Clerks Four one day. We'll you know, see. Let's... Grumpy, grumpy old Clerks. We'll do a version of like the Mathau Lemon movie. I swear, <laughs> I would already buy a ticket for right? that film right now. Randall and Dante fighting each other. You stay in the video store. You stay in that convenience store. <laughs> Spiking each other's piss right, bags exactly, or something. Exactly. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. It's been great speaking to you. No, no, no. Thank you. So there it is. Brian O'Halloran takes the time to talk to me on set of Madness in the Method. What a great interview he gave me. I always worry when I'm doing these interviews and setting them up for Mark and me that I've grown up watching these people on screen again and again. And I'll be very honest, I worry that when I meet these people they could turn out to be complete douchebags and just not really want to talk to me but Brian is by far one of the most humble nicest guys I've ever met and you can hear it across on the interview what a really cool guy he is so I want to give a big thanks to Brian for taking the time to talk to me I remember seeing Brian's very first sort of appearance in Clerks I remember my friend Craig who I grew up with he had the Clerks Region 1 DVD at the time I think he had bought because it just wasn't around over here. I remember watching it thinking, what is this crap, black and white movie? Why are you showing me this? We sat there and he said, look, watch this. It's about these characters. You need to love it. You're going to absolutely fall in love with Jay and Silent Bob. I was like, right, let's go with it. He put it on and he was not wrong. I was absolutely blown away. I I was just in love straight away with the rawness of this film and just how you know how good it looked but on such a low budget the black and white thing then I just completely got over I didn't really care I was a bit, I wasn't as much into films as I am now I remember sitting there thinking oh I wish this was in color but now looking back it's so good that it's in black and white it's such a cult classic I remember sitting there seeing these obscene words being used and just the way that people talk to each other on that film was like nothing else I'd seen. Maybe Porky's was the closest, but just that rude vulgarness and these characters not really giving a shit about what they're saying. I absolutely fell in love, and if you'd listened to Skip the End, you know my love for Kevin Smith and the films he's done. I mean, sitting here talking to Dante himself in the flesh, it really was an absolute pleasure, and... You know, since watching Clerks many years ago, thanks Craig for that and introduced me to that, I straight away went and got Chasing Amy, I remember ordering more rats. Since then I went to see Dogma at the cinema and my love has just grown and grown and I've I've been obsessed. I've bought all the DVDs, then I've got all the Blu-rays and all the comics and it's just been an absolute pleasure and an amazing ride to be involved in that whole Viewerskew universe and so many friends I've gained from that. So it's it's been a, an amazing moment that's just grown and grown for me. Being on set of Madness and the Method and doing these interviews face-to-face really is... It really does make a difference. It's so good to sit there. I mean, it, it's been a pleasure to speak to people like Anthony Hopkins and stuff, but these Skype interviews, they don't feel as intimate. You don't really get to see the reactions of the people you're speaking to, and having this moment and sitting there with Brian face-to-face, it really did make a difference, and I I really enjoy these interviews face-to-face, and I hope to do a lot more moving forward. I want to say a big thank you to Dominic Burns, who's you know co-directing this film, who allowed me on set. One of the nicest guys, again, I've met, and I'm hopefully going to be doing a future interview with Dominic, so I'm hoping to bring that to you all soon. Also, Jazz Lintot, who's involved in the movie, he helped me and arrange this, and again, I can't say thank you enough to you guys. Allowing me on your set and allowing me being there on the movie, I'm just totally in debt with you guys for the rest of my life, but... I've said it before, Madness and the Method looks fantastic. I'm really, really excited for you all to see this. It's Jason Muse's 
major debut feature and I think it could go on and do really good things. Now I want to say thanks again for taking the time to listen to me today. I've got a great guest coming up next time but you've probably learnt now I don't like announcing it on the episodes. I like surprising people on social media and you've probably seen a few video trailers I've started putting out so keep an eye out on that in the next few weeks. Go on markandme.com, we've got Twitter, we've got Facebook. I've even just got an Instagram page as well. I'm getting all <laughs> all of it going now for this. In the meantime, listen to my other podcast, Skip to the End, you know, skip to the end.co.uk. That's another podcast I do, which hopefully some of you listen to. And if not, please take some time to listen to that. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks again with a brand new Mark and Me. So take care of yourselves and I'll speak to you all then in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.